Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ann and Ellis Podcast. No, God, please, no! Welcome back to the Ann and Ellis podcast. We are happy you are here. We are happy to be in our new home, which is technically Megan's home. So thanks for having us in your home. I feel like I should go cook dinner for everybody. And <laughs> by all means, <laughs> have by all lunch means. provided. We could have like a, it could be like a daycare for podcasts. Like you have a meal, we have rest time, film some podcasts, you know, just imagine guys. Okay. I've always thought this would be really fun. If we had kind of a, I almost said like a commune, that's not what I mean, but like if there was a house that we could come to on, if you're in this industry, because a lot of us, how much time do we work by ourselves or we go to a coffee shop, but it's all, you know, there's food there, there's a lounge and you could come on a Tuesday and there's other wedding professionals there. You just have Like a modern approach to co-working space, space, but also things that you can actually use to create meaningful content maybe there's a schedule of like lead classes or you know lead conversations or like book club kind of vibe right i don't know megan's just trying to develop and design a cult but it's fine and then you have to disown your families if you want to be part of it we all get together and we chant for 25 minutes and we wear the same clothes and we all wear the same shoes and it's fine we're all married to one another and our Netflix kids are will create a documentary about us. If you want to be enlightened in the wedding industry, you have to achieve this and yeah. da, 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 da. Well, you were, you were saying before we <sighs> recorded this show we were watching on Netflix, yeah. that's all about the cult, a cult. Yeah. It's uh, escaping twin flames or something like that. If you're looking for just something to watch to literally be like, what, why, why do people believe isn't that weird? The why, why, and how do people get caught up? It's people. I they think they just want a place to belong. I think right, belonging they... and connection. Yeah, and these people, the two leaders, are clearly, especially the the guy, this Jeff. He's a narcissistic, you know, jerk, and um, ah, man, they just people really believe what they're saying. I guess because these people end up doing some really crazy stuff. Can can you we have David running the boards today? Can you do me a favor, David? Can you Google what percentage of cult leaders are men? Oh, it has to be like a 95. I bet. I bet. That's okay. We're judging every letter you type right now. (laughs) Do not worry. I don't usually even like I have to redo it 20 times. I misspell things. Research suggests uh, 70% of cult members of the world. Okay, this is interesting. Research suggests as many as 70% of cult members in the world are women. Where do you see that? You're lying. It's from the nationalpost.com. That was in 2019. Do you see that? Are women. I was wrong. 
I've never heard. No, okay. again, uh, maybe that's that true. belong are women, but how many of the leaders of the cult are men? I bet it's damn near 100%. I've never heard of a cult that is led by a woman. I haven't either. I mean, okay, think of all the cults that we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Right? Uh, who's the guy in Texas? Waco. Who was that? David? Uh, Karef? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, David, somebody. And then... Women are more susceptible, what's that say, than men to falling under the control of cults. <laughs> Jesus. They want... I think it's Why? connection. They're they looking connection. for love that badly? That's what this whole premise Ladies, was. And it was... You guys, it was or so messed up the things that they were saying and having people do and and it was but it was sad it was heartbreaking what some of these people did to belong and uh, it's it's worth watching if you've you know are bored or whatever i mean it's not gonna make you feel better about the world (laughs) i I have one more season of suits to to finish then i'll start diving deeper into documentaries there's a sylvester salone that i want to watch i watched that yeah there's a Studio 54 documentary that came out, I think, in 2018 that I want to watch. Um, we were talking about you watched the Wham documentary. That was fantastic. Yeah, and then Wham has been on my playlist now. I mean, yeah. everywhere I go. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I am going to take this opportunity uh, throughout this podcast to ask you a few questions purely based on curiosity because you're somebody who owns two successful wedding venues. Thank you. You're a wife. Um, you're a mom, uh, you're a dog owner, you're a cat owner. If it was up to you, you'd probably own 15 Mm -hmm. of each. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's neither here nor there, but you also have really gotten into flipping houses. And it's interesting to me because I remember going through kind of the tail end of my twenties, getting into my thirties and there were all of, and I'm sure there's still a ton of shows on HGTV where everybody is flipping houses and it's the thing to do. And, and obviously getting into real estate is never a bad thing to do as far as an investment, yeah. right? Because you're always getting a, a pretty positive return on, on an investment. So uh, I, I want to ask you, number one, how you, I'll ask a series of questions, how you got into it, because I think ultimately getting into this subject is important for a lot of wedding professionals. I think wedding professionals, the majority have no idea how to even begin diversifying their income, right? Because when you leave a full-time job and you uh, start as a wedding photographer or a DJ or a caterer, I mean, the list goes on and on as far as the things that you start diving into, um, you may find a lot of success in that specific industry, but are you setting up a 401k? Uh, Are you preparing yourself for retirement? And I'm not saying that you're flipping houses to prepare for retirement. Maybe you are, and we'll we'll get into that. But I really am, my curiosity has, has, has certainly peaked as far as how you keep finding houses Mm -hmm. and the time that you're spending, uh, getting this final product ready for market. Yeah. You just listed one, I think, two days, two days ago, ago, right? Yeah. Um, I shared that on Facebook. Thank so you. if it's from one of my followers, 3% commission, please. But you yeah, are finding right. a lot of these gems in these smaller towns. So I want to dive deeper into it because maybe maybe there's, there's professionals out there that are like, I'm ready. I've got 
some money saved. Yeah. I want to start getting into flipping houses. I would be terrible at it. I hate putting, like, I have no idea what the paint color to, or, yeah, yeah. That stuff and is. The, I agree. And what I'll say before we dig into questions too is, is real estate is to me one of the most, at least it's proven to me to be one of these most solid investments you can make. Um, and so if you are in our industry and you're looking to diversify, you know, there's lots of ways you can invest in real estate. Flipping is one way. Um, another way is, you know, rental properties, right? You know, you can, so you can buy a home, um, live in it for a couple years. I think technically it's gotta be two years and then you can rent it out and move and do that again. You can do that without having to establish a business. Um, I think up to like five to seven different mortgages. Right. But I, I think you should establish a business to do it. But uh, I never wanted to be a landlord. That's I'm not interested in that. I was just going to say that. I have no but interest in that. for those who are, that's uh, incredible. That's a long-term game. That's a long game of investment. And I actually would love for my children to get into that, where you buy these little, your first house that you can afford, which is not much. And then two years later, you, maybe you can afford that next house. So you keep that one and you rent it out and do, do and you do that over and over again. I, I, I love that in theory, but, but the housing market right now is nuts, it right? Is like nuts. houses are going for well over asking in most cases. Now we're here in Iowa. I can't imagine how aggressive the market is on the coasts and oh. down South. And I also read that there is a big investment firm called BlackRock. Did you know BlackRock? They they own, I think it's 80-some percent of the S&P 500. Really? Yes. And so I was, I was listening to Patrick Bet David, who I love, and he was saying that a lot of the homes that are going for over-asking, I don't know the percentage or, or whatever, sure. and, and maybe it's just specific markets across the country, that it's BlackRock that are buying them. Which is which is wild to me, like as an as a, a business, I'm surprised that it's legal for a business to buy a residential home. Right. I yeah, I don't know. I mean so you can. How are you getting how are you navigating finding these houses that are still priced reasonably enough where there's money left over? after it's flipped. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's that's a great question because when I started doing this about four years ago, five years ago, it was much easier <laughs> um to find the houses. The houses that I'm buying are houses you would not want to live in as they stand. Are they foreclosed? No. I've never How, bought a foreclosure. Why why not? They are really difficult to buy. It the process with a bank on a foreclosure, not that they're all difficult, it's just a whole different ball game. Got it. Uh, it usually takes like the bank will sit on it for months and there's a lot of red tape and so I've not found any foreclosure. There was one. There was actually one that I put an offer in on and I didn't get it. So out of the you know, how many houses I've flipped. I, and again, I'll preface this to say this, the reason I do it, I love the creativity of it. I love the, I, I just love the, like seeing it in this bad form and this horrible shape that you told me to get out of the one that I was in. We were on the phone. You're I'm like, glad you didn't listen to me though. You're like, please leave. You're going to be murdered. I'm like, I just bought it. And actually, total side note, there was just one. I almost said it to you because I thought you'd laugh that I just got my realtor sent it to me. It's for sure a hoarder house. And I, you know how I feel. I've always wanted to do a hoarder house. So this is one that a real estate agent just sent you to, it's hey, listed, check this out. Yeah. And it's it. 
full of stuff. And I was like, oh. You get me a dumpster and a shovel and you leave me alone. So bad. Yeah. I do. I just, can you imagine that feeling of getting all of that stuff out of there and just seeing the transformation? I would love that. Those are my favorite Instagram videos to watch, by yes. the way, are like transformations. Yes. The trans, I should make, I should, again, not great at social media. I should have, I should document more of what should. I do. You should. Um, you should. But anyway, so when I started, you know, six years ago doing it, it is for fun. It is for some side income. How, how many houses are you up to? Five. Five. Okay. Five houses. We're not fast. It's not a business. It's no, it's no, anybody that's involved, it's no one's sole income. It's, it's just, I love the process. Um, so that's a good place to be, to do it as a business. I've got to, I've got to put food on my table, flipping houses. I think personally, I think now would be pretty difficult. Yeah. I don't think that the market is, is such that that would be a good thing. I think if you wanted to try your hand at it and you have some cash, uh, some money to play around with, and you're just willing to do it for some side money, that's a great, so, great endeavor. And maybe you said this already, but why not buy a house? flip it and then rent it. You just don't want to do that. I like, don't, I want to, cause I like the flipping. I want to buy the next flip and I don't want to be a landlord. Could just, you hire a property management company? They, they, they take, take probably like 20, 30%, yeah. right? I just don't want to say, I don't have the liquid cash to like buy mold, tons of Got houses. Okay. So I want to just use that income and buy the next one and buy the next one. So the money that you make off of each individual house, are you using that as leverage to maybe buy a little bit of a, larger yeah, house and that and has really helped me i've i kept it. i i extracted some money and paid myself um just and again for like i remodeled my kitchen that was all my house flipping money right so i've had little like goals of things i want to do should for see myself. her kitchen folks it's it turned out pretty good yes it did <laughs> two full-size refrigerators combined that's yeah anyways yeah it, it turned out nice so you don't, you don't play games with the remodels no, we're like let's make this beautiful and for me that is the game the fun Part is going into a house and I'll take a notebook and I'll sketch out how the rooms are going to go and where we're going to add walls and what we're going to do. And it never ends up being that exact thing, but I love that process. I have enough construction knowledge to be dangerous. I'm not the one framing out the new room. Um, there is work that I do, but I don't do high level structural stuff. So yeah, the, the market is such that um, I have initially just reinvested and extracted a little bit, but reinvested. And that was a good thing that I did it that way because the first house I bought compared to what I'm paying for houses now is, is definitely different. Um, probably 30% more to get the same icky house. But when you look at it that way, there's still, if you're still getting that same icky house, it's 30% more. It'll also sell for 30% right. more. So the market really hasn't changed in that in that way. So you have to buy houses. Flip houses are in really bad shape typically. Oh, I was just saying, I wake up in the morning and I say, you know what? I want to get into house flipping. What is the first thing that I do? Um, it's up to you if you want to work with a realtor, connect with a realtor to, you know, or just start looking for properties and picking an area that you want to work in and seeing what the prices are of the houses, right? You should get a real estate license. I had one in Texas. Did you know I was a licensed realtor? In no. Texas, add it to my resume. I know now. I was, and it was during the housing crisis. And so the problem with that was I would have somebody be like, hey, I want you to list my house, okay? Mm -hmm. And I was like, great, it has happened to me more than once. I would find out they 
hadn't paid their mortgage in mm. a year. And literally one family was like, I want you to list my house. I was like, great. I went over the next day. They were gone. They just left the house. Hmm. That was weird. Yeah, they just left. Because, I mean, they hadn't, they were foreclosed. They just yeah. left. Adios. Okay. It was weird. And then when someone forecloses, then you can't, as a realtor, it goes to the bank and you can't list it anyway. So you had to be really careful what listings you were taking. But if you had your real estate license here, mm -hmm. couldn't you acquire property faster? No, not necessarily. Okay. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I might know about it before it goes on the market if that person was contacted me, but I still have that happen now. People know in my hometown that I flip. And so I get, you know, hey, this house is going to go on the market. You should contact her before you list it with a realtor. And I have the utmost respect for realtors. I have a lot of great friends yeah, of course. who are realtors. They are so advantageous if you're a new home buyer, if you're selling a complicated property all of that kind of stuff. You they, you really do need to know what you're doing. But I typically, I had my real estate license. I bought and sold enough real estate. I usually do it on my own. So I think first of all is, so let me back up. You need to have cash. Okay, so take, could you do it by getting a loan on the house and then investing cash? Yes, you could. Um, but some of the houses, because of the shape they're in, you can't get a loan. You can't, you know, those kind of things. Um, you have to prove that, you know, you're going to live there, whatever. So I was lucky enough when I very first started, I had a partnership and I had three people involved and we all injected cash. So I bought my first house with cash. Um, so cash is king. It's just if you if you can do it um, for sure. The alternative is you can take out a mortgage and then, you know, pay for the renovations. But then the time is the clock is ticking, too, because you've got interest. Did you go to the bank with like a briefcase? Mm -hmm. You all walked in in unison and set it on the you desk. You know I hide cash in my house, don't you? I do. I'll Pull up in a Lincoln Town car. I hide cash. So every once in a while when a client pays in cash, I take it and I hide it. I don't put it in the bank. Yeah. I'm revealing all my secrets on this so podcast. The, the holes, uh, the mounds of all the cash buried, that in, buried the in the backyard. You think that's a swimming pool? It's filled with cash. <laughs> I don't have, no, as I'm. So no. If, no. if I didn't have cash, I'm kind of out of the game, right? Or I got to go to the bank and get at you least get put 20% yeah, down, right? Take, yeah, get a, yeah, you could take out a mortgage. Um, that Where the rub comes in then is if you already have a mortgage, right? you've got to take out another mortgage. It scares a lot of people. It does. And you really st should do this as a business because I have a separate company. I have yeah. an LLC. The reason you don't want to do it under your own personal name or take out, a, you know, is that... Um, liability reasons, you know, when you're, when you're remodeling it, um, if someone were to get injured or right, after right, you right. sell it. So then if you are doing it under a business name to take out a mortgage, interest rates are even higher for you. So cash is really Especially the best. Especially now. Yeah. So if you don't have it, again, partnering with people is always tricky. After the first one, um, I, I parted way, my, it's just my brother and I now. So, um, I prefer that, but I also looked outside of where I live. I went to a small town mm -hmm. and small towns to me are in this area, at least the way to go. The houses are yep. more affordable. I also looked in areas where there weren't a lot of houses for sale. I got lucky, right? So, um, but that yet are still within 30 miles of Cedar Rapids or Iowa city. So to me, those are the places to go. Uh, I definitely would flip in Marion Cedar Rapids, but I also try to look at, you know, some of those markets are a little bit saturated with yeah. um, that type, that reno type of house. So I've, I've picked small towns. 
um, found the houses, you know, just that were listed or I got, got word that they were going to be for sale. Um, went in and put in an offer, right. Of what I, I always, you know, whatever is reasonable or, you know, what, whatever, if you don't know the market or don't understand then you may want to use a realtor, but put in offers and I'll do things like, obviously if I'm offering cash, um, you ha I've grown to be able to do this where I'll say, I'll take the house as is and I won't do an inspection or I'll just do what, and what I mean by that, I shouldn't say I won't do an inspection. I do an inspection, but I'm not going to ask you to make any repairs. Right. So I'm going to inspect it. If the foundation's crumbling, I'm going to walk away, but, um, I'm not going to ask you for any more money. So it makes it cleaner. So there's no contingencies. No contingencies. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, the type of inspections I do. So you need to have a great inspector that you trust. And I always do, uh, I always call like a roto router. I always do like a sewer line inspection. So the things I look for that are deal breakers for me um, would be foundations. Foundations are really expensive to repair and you don't get a lot of value out of that. Other than that, electrical being bad, I've completely rewired a house. It's expensive, um, but it's not the end of the world plumbing um if it's like major plumbing especially like from the house to the street that would be yeah. another thing i'd walk away from but new roof new siding new electrical new windows um uh, none of that really scares me are you putting appliances and things in i i would imagine the the budget you have for appliances and these things might be a little bit different considering that somebody's moving in isn't renting it they're going to be buying it i know at times when you're getting a rental house put together you're maybe not buying the best of the best sure. because you know it's going to ruined. maybe break yeah. anyways or yep. get ruined and it's not necessarily their house that they're moving into so how do you uh, is it all kind of just a formula yeah for you? i just sit down and even before i'd put an offer in on a house I would sit down and make the budget. Like, is there money to be made on this house? Right. And assume you're going to find two or three things that you didn't expect. So I always map that out even before I make an offer on a house and go, yeah, I could make money here or not. So you have to understand the comps in the area, which you can do. I mean, I've taught myself, you just do the research, but a realtor would fast track that mm -hmm. a little bit and say, Hey, this house would sell fixed up for this much. If you don't know what costs to make repairs on things, again, you have to have a great plumber, a great electrician, um, and sometimes, you know, beyond great HVAC people. Um, Which is why relationships oh, are so huge, important, huge. right? Treating those individuals with a lot of respect and kindness and grace, because again, some of those individuals may not get back to you as quickly as you would like, but the deeper of a relationship you have with them, the more you can kind of gain yeah, a system. Yeah, absolutely. With like I've used the same plumber on every house. He, I just trust him to, you know, uh, he'll come out sometimes and, and he trusts me. I'll say, Hey, you know, and if I'm considering buying a house, he might come along, you know, during the inspection, I'll say, Hey, price this out for me. So I will even do that during inspections. I'll bring out the electrician and the plumber and say, here's, if I buy this, I want to do X, Y, Z. Is it possible? What do you think it's going to cost? Take a look at everything for me while you're here. Got it. So, um, those relationships are huge, but I still, you know, it's a business. And so I still, uh, price, you know, price shop a little bit. I mean, with trusted, you know, I'm like, Hey, if, if one of my current contractors, if the prices, I can't afford it, 
I'll tell them I can't, you know, I've got to look elsewhere or right. I'm going to have to make changes or, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I just look at the house. I always kitchens and baths. Uh, it's cliche, but they sell your house, especially the kitchen. So I always try to do a wow kitchen, really nice bathrooms. And then I always try to do kind of some little wow thing in the house. Right. So like this current house I did, I turned the old kitchen into a massive mudroom laundry room mm. and something that is unexpected because so many flip houses are very vanilla, very neutral. Like there's nothing fun or interesting or exciting about them. Um, and I don't like that. I want to make it a wow. So what are, I guess overall, what are, what are some of the goals that you have for like the next couple of years? Just, just looking to continue. Cause I'm assuming every house you flip, you're learning a ton it probably just compounds yeah. on learning each house, right? About learning a ton about not only the construction side of things, but also what sells. Like what are people mm. looking for? Um, you know, yeah. I it's it's I always am nervous when I list it's like it's not gonna sell. I'm gonna be stuck with this house forever. It will. The housing market is there's still a housing shortage. And even though interest rates are high people are still buying houses because there's a housing shortage. So, and that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, what am I, my goals? I just want to keep it fun. Like I want to keep it so there's not a pressure to make a certain amount of money. I don't want to lose money. Right. <laughs> right. But I also look at it as like, I just so enjoy the process. I would rather, this may be everyone who's house flipping or in real estate is probably like, you're the dumbest person alive, but I would rather enjoy, this is so seven of me, enjoy the experience of it and the fun <laughs> and this house is amazing and make less money than be like, oh, it, you know. Well, it's clearly something about it is very meditative to you. I love it. And I know we've texted back and forth on business things and- you're like, oh, I'll think about it while I'm demoing this or I'll think about it while I'm painting that or and it's like, yeah, there is a lot of truth to finding your own creative outlet that you can have your own time to think and just be a little bit more introspective while at the same time also being in a position yeah. where you're going to monetize. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that meditative. Uh, yeah. there's so many fun things. It's creative. Sometimes, you know, on a Saturday, Sunday afternoon, I'm like, I'm going to go to the flip house and work yeah. and I put it on music and I'm in my sweatpants and my dirty clothes. And there's some, it's so different from my nine to five and, you know, I'm in the house by myself and, um, and then I can make some money. So those are all three things that kind of light my heart on fire. Right. And I feel good. I always think I leave a house and I'm like, wow, what we did, like the current house had a front porch on it that we demoed. I mean, it doesn't even look like the same house. It was filled with dog urine and hair and walls were cracked and it's not the same place anymore. Maybe you mentioned this already, but from the very beginning of the process to the time it gets onto market, is there a window, kind of a quota that you like to meet? Are we talking four months, six months? When do you like to have it? What, what's the lifetime yeah, of a flip? It's funny for me and this would be long in the world of flipping, we're probably six to seven months to do a flip. And you think that's on the longer side? Yeah. I think, I think people that do it for their, for a living yeah. want to, you know, do it in a couple months and yeah, we just sense. don't, but then I don't have, and then that's again, the goal. I don't want the pressure of having to oh, turn it around, turn it around, turn it around. You know, um, I don't, 
that's not what this business is for, for me. I think if that would suck all the fun out of it. Mm. And, um, so we take a little bit longer to do it. My dad and brother helped me. Um, interesting fact, my husband's never seen any of my flip houses. Wow. Never even been in any of them. Just letting you do your thing. He doesn't have any interest. He doesn't want to help. He doesn't want to see it. He would be so grossed out. He would just be like, this is disgusting. And it, it's so funny because different people, I almost bought a hoarding house and a couple of people I took there, even contractors were like, God, no. And I'm like, I just, yes. Like yeah. the, the hard thing about some of those houses is they've been so neglected mm. that you're getting into structural issues and you're getting into things. But if I could find a structurally sound hoarded house, I would just light my heart on fire. Well, if I could get in there. We know enough real estate <laughs> agents. Maybe we can send yeah. out the bat signal. Yeah. And Do you have find anything really horrible? But I, I, and I have spent hours, this is how sick my twisted my mind gets. Like, you know, I'll look at a property. I haven't even put an offer on it, but I sit there and I can close my eyes and like, here's what I could do with it. And here's how I could change it. And here's how I could visualize it. See, and my mind does not You don't? What work happens? That way. You just shut black. Anxiety sets in because oh. it's like, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Or it's it's not necessarily just that. It's just, it's so overwhelming. So like, how do, where do I even start? Yeah, and I just, I don't have an eye for design. I told Melissa, if and when we ever move out of our house that we'd love, but if we were to ever build something someday, I kind of like Brian, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. Just, I, okay. I trust you, but just here's some of the things that I are kind of like non-negotiables for me. <laughs> Outside of that, do your thing. Like Dude. the color of the cabinets and size of closets and doorknob colors and <laughs> textures. It's just like, I I don't know, something inside of me that it's just like, Doesn't. I want to be doing anything else but this right now. <laughs> So not fun for you. Not well, fun for me. And I got the greatest compliment from one of my contractors that I work with. He was, I needed an, another contractor and he had a referral and he told me that he told him, he goes, you want to work with her. She's a great decision maker. Doesn't go back, just knows what she wants, makes quick decisions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank you. And I, I'm like, yeah, do that, that, that boom, boom, boom. And I can just. Well, that's the beauty of experience, you know, having five flip houses under your belt. I mean, that's. Five houses is a lot of houses. Yeah, yeah it, it's fun. And they're all have been different. And um, so it's creative. It's a lot of fun. You can make money doing it. I think you have, but but you'll stress yourself out if you go into it, A, like if that stresses you out or if you have a lot of fear around decisions or um, it's probably not for everybody because, yeah, it could be very anxiety producing. Or if you have an expectation of how much money you have to make to say it's worth it. Yeah. Like I always think um, I've done very well on all my houses, but I don't get hung up on that. I, I really don't. I mean, is it exciting when you get a big paycheck at the end? Yes. If I don't, I always think to myself, okay, over six months of work, where would I have made, let's say I made $6,000, right, which is not a ton. Well, where else would I have made a thousand dollars a month? Right. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Over six months. Like so six thousand isn't a great profit on a flip house. You want to be looking more into the ten, twenty, thirty thousands. You know. And I would imagine it's somewhat gratifying to drive past these houses that you flipped yeah, every few months and be like, yeah, there's a family living yeah, in there now. It's like you brought there. this house back to life and you injected a lot of life back into it. I think there's something to be said for some of these like 
like uh, inanimate objects, right? Is that the right word? Inanimate yeah. objects. Yeah. That there. That my my dad and I, I remember my dad's big into like the Buddhist philosophy and things like that. And uh, I remember he was sharing this story about um, things that that we look at every day that may have like a consciousness a part of it right and it's yeah. like a house like how yeah. you know you walk into a house that has an energy it has like a spirit to it it does i feel houses totally do yeah and i think that that there is a level of karma that that goes out into the world when you bring something back to life i believe it i okay we're gonna go deep down another but i i have this you guys might all just write me off right now after I go into the houses with this feeling of like it being a, a living, breathing being. I'm like, I'm going to make you beautiful again. Like I'm going right. to bring you back. Like I kind of have that in my mind. I mean, I don't like talk to the house, but in my, I do. I've always had like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to make it better, you know? And it, and it clearly comes out. I didn't even realize I said it. I posted it on Instagram. It's for sale. I said, she's finally ready. Like yeah. it's a sheet. Like I have a, isn't that interesting? human I, I do i think houses there has to be there's it's just this energy people live there their lives are there they bring their babies home there people die in houses like yep. there's life there's energy in a house that's um it's there for sure and so i always have that feeling of like i'm doing something good yeah. for this you, house i had this really really random thought a few months ago and talking about like how different rooms have different energy. And I think other things like the color of the paint and the size and the ceiling height and the color temperature all brings like that subconscious energy. But I was thinking to myself, it'd be really wild to have a house and there's a room in the house that you don't ever talk in. So it's like a meditative room. Ooh, yeah. It's like imagine having a room in your house that's never had any voices spoken into it. It's like, I wonder if in 50 years you walk into that room that's never had anybody talk in it and it just feels different. Does that I make know. sense? It's yeah, not like a weird, it's walking to my brain, but it's just like, imagine if you had a house that you only used it to meditate in. So you open up the door, but you ne nobody ever, you're not allowed to speak in it ever. That feels sad. And it's like years. But you know, you're but meditating. You, and but you think like of it as like healthy energy. 50 years go by and you open up that door and you just, I wonder how that would feel. I know. I think there's something. I've always wanted a room in my house. Um, for those of you who know the Sanctuary Spa, one of my favorite places, they have two locations. They have a relaxation room. So it's dark. You go in. We've been there, you know. And a room like that where it's painted dark black or dark and you go in and it's quiet and you can rest and yes. like there's no windows and it's just dark and quiet and have, have yeah. you seen the simulated thunderstorm spas no is that monitor working i don't know if it is or simulated not the monitor on this end went black so i wonder if it shut off automatically but um i don't know if i can pull it up but that's incredible I'll have to maybe pull it up in post-production but anyways it's like this spa. i'm not sure where it's at but it's a simulated thunderstorm so um you're in a kind of a hot tub or a spa. Um, and then above you in the ceiling, it's like storm clouds. Okay. And then water's Water coming down. down. And then they pipe in sounds of thunder and they have like simulated simulated cool. lightning and stuff. So yeah. it's supposed to be relaxing? Or is it Apparently, supposed to be, yeah. It's just kind of but like... But you're like getting rained on? Yeah. You're like... Yeah, oh. I'll have to post a it link sounds, to that I mean, it's, I bet it's really, really neat. 
Yeah. Um, I just, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I love different room. Like that, that is the part that I like that. And that's the part that I respect so much about even like wedding designers is that you're bringing a completely different feel to a venue yeah. each and every time. I remember again, as a DJ going in and out of these venues, I would say 2014, 2015, 2016, uh, when you had Adam Covington running around. Again, another great house flipper and, yes. and renter. Right? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's a hub, incredible house Runs a rental company. Um, he would transform these spaces. And that was that was before so many venues like mm-hmm. Ashton Hill would actually build something aesthetically pleasing out of the box, right? Here you would have to go in and create a backdrop and bring in different chairs and linens and lighting and this and this and this and this. And you walk in and I might've been there two weeks ago, but then you walk in for this wedding and something, it's like it felt completely different. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's what that skill set means. Like when you're a designer, to me, it's like, how can you change the feeling of something? You yeah. can chase trends all day long, but how can you like really alter the feeling and energy of a venue, of a room, of a lawn, of, yeah. you know, a pool area. That's the stuff that I love. I just don't like to get like on a granular level. <laughs> like build it, I can put the energy into the space. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, and too, for a home, like feng shui, right? It's yes. a, a, you know, about energy and, and there's a lot of um, different things that they do or don't do, right? And I, your space too, we talk so much about our space and our homes is, um, can feel it's supposed to be your sanctuary, yeah. right? And so your energy, um, as we've been remodeling our home, I think about elevating the energy and just the feeling I want of coziness and and but yet I like a lot of clean lines and white paint and you know the, everybody has a different vibe for what speaks to them. Um, so that's when it's really fun to go into a flip house and look at it and reimagine it and think about somebody living there and also. Like the kitchen in this last one I did just I so happy with how it turned out and like I'm like oh, it all came together so when yeah. a room do, it does come together because you always have some limitations right there's certain things you can do or walls you can't take out or things that you know um but there's certain rooms when you're like this is it right yeah uh, for sure it feels really really good so well you clearly are onto something and doing your thing Thanks. I can tell how much joy it brings you so it's just it's fun to watch fun to observe and yeah hope you keep going with it thanks i will i think like i said i've the way i've done it if anybody is interested in it i'd be happy to talk to you it's it's a little bit more challenging now with the housing market the way that it is but if you can approach it from this isn't my livelihood i because i wouldn't be able to tell you how to do it that way i could only tell you from what i've done but hey i want to make a little extra cash i've got a little know a little bit about construction we do the one thing that we do do ourselves 95% 95% is the demo. So we tear okay. it apart and then we do some of the things to put it back together some way higher out. The more you can do, if you are handy, if you do have that skill set, oh my gosh. For sure. Then you're way ahead of the game. But um, I would never want m- mislead anybody to think that I'm the one in there putting the addition on the house. It's not me. So, <laughs> so you think even with the m- housing market the way it is, right here, right now, there's still opportunity to make some money flipping houses. Yeah. I don't think I, I've been, I've done fine. I mean, is it as lucrative as it was 10 years ago? No. I wonder if we'll ever get back to that. I don't know. I mean, I think interest rates, the conversation is that interest rates are going to go 
down a little bit. I mean, maybe if we hit five and a half percent, we we should be thrilled. I don't think that's ever going to go yeah. much below that. I think every conversation I've heard is there's still a housing shortage. So that means houses will sell. And if you can buy the one, you've got to buy the one that nobody wants to live in today or can't because it's hoarded or so bad. Right. There's money to be made on those houses for sure. I just read an article that the Canadian housing market is going to be crashing soon. So and they Dang. think that's going to be us next. It's Canadian wow. housing market. Um risk of forced home sales. I mean, they do things much differently than we do, but yeah, I'll have to track down the yeah, article. Yeah, if but. the only time I think, I mean, again, I'm not a economic strategist, but unless we end up with a surplus of homes, I mean, housing is overpriced right now for sure, but until there's a surplus of homes, that doesn't really right. change, right? I mean, people are still going to pay. Or individuals that overpaid on these houses and they make it work for a year, but then they can't keep up with the mortgage year two, three, or year four, five. So it might just take yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, then that's a problem. And then my, and again, I'm, I'm a complete idiot when it comes to this stuff, but if I bought a house five years ago that was 300000 if I just bought a house that five years ago was 300000 and I bought that house, same house, for four hundred and thirty, and then 15, 20 years go by, will that house still maintain its – like, I mean, where is it going to go? I mean, you will probably – the good thing – I mean, you will probably just break even, right? In right. 15, I mean, 15, 20 right. years, you should make up that value, but where you would, you would have hoped to have been – my house is worth 100000 more than I paid for right. it you won't be there anymore. People will just be like, oh, I can get what I paid and for And that's it. kind of a complete change in dynamic of how we always thought about yeah. homes. Yeah, right. That they don't appreciate, I guess, as much as they used to or as quickly as they yeah. used to. When they're, you know? when they're overpriced, which, you yeah. know, when they are, as they are now. But yeah, but yeah. yeah for flipping, well, I still think, or, you know, again, to me, if I was a new person, a new home buyer or wanting to buy my first house, I would buy something that needed a lot of work and over time put the sweat equity into it. And then that's how you can be ahead of the game. Then you yeah. can sell it and actually make money because the problem people are doing is, you know, is they're buying these overpriced brand new houses or houses that don't need any work. There's no room to improve it. Right. Right. So you're stuck. But if you can buy and live in, I, I don't know how you would do it. I'm living in renovations is kind of a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> but if you're, you know, a single or a young couple and you have any kids, you know, and you're like, we don't mind spending a couple of years working on this house and fixing it up. Then you're, that's yeah. a really smart strategy. Different, but similar topic. What I have, last thing I'll say is every now and then just because it's fun, you'll go, or I will go on like Zillow and look up million dollar homes in the yeah. area. Right. And what's crazy is that you look at some of these $900,000 homes or $1.2, $1.3 million homes that were built specifically for that owner. And the home itself is so specific that there's a lot of things that I'm like, I don't even like it. I don't even like that. Uh Or, you know, whether it's the, the floor or like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a mural out of nowhere. It's like, who the Just hell? Like I would have million, to paint over yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it even if I had a million dollars. So those homes like have it. got to be pretty difficult to sell sometimes. Yeah. I mean, just because you're like a luxury real estate agent doesn't mean those houses are gonna you gotta really know what yeah. you want to take on. But yeah, I, I think a lot of times I, I heard some real estate agents say it and I'm butchering it, but it was like just because it was 
your dream home doesn't mean it's going to be somebody else's. And so like all these things that you put into your home thinking it's going to provide all this value because it's different and unique. Somebody's going to walk in and be like, that is God awful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm going to have to spend 10 grand covering that thing up. Yeah. And you can over improve your house too, to the point of it not being over improve your house. Yeah. Yeah. No one's seeing the value there. So yeah, be careful. Well, it was, uh, it was interesting taking a deep dive into the world of your house flipping. House flipping. I love it. It's a lot uh, of fun entertaining us yeah uh we will catch you all next week again please be sure you are liking and subscribing on youtube that helps us out a ton leave a review and a comment on spotify follow us at ann and ellis on instagram uh we're on facebook we're on linkedin we're on tiktok um we are pushing out content we put these podcasts out every monday at 5 a.m they go live on youtube spotify anywhere else you watch and listen to your podcast so we will catch you next week we'll go from there bye guys